Hey, what's up? Like, totally time for 90210. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Massive, or no, 90210 show. <laughs> it is the Massive 90210 That's show. That's right. It is a massive show this week. Uh, my name is Mark. With me, as always, is my lovely girlfriend, Carol. How are you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? Not much. It's been a good week here. It's March 7th, 1997. It's 3797. And you know what? Mm. This week, there's a new show airing that we're going to be talking about. So you guys might want to, you know, pay attention to those tapes too. Yeah, she's roping me in too. She's staking me too. <laughs> to doing some vampire show that she likes. We watched this movie because Luke Perry was in it. That's a, that's yeah. a connection. Is Luke Perry in the show? Uh, I don't think so. Sorry. He's busy. Yeah, He's still true. on 90210, isn't that's he? That's true. Yeah, yes. <laughs> it's probably, well, they might be They might be on similar lots. I don't know. This show is going to be on that uh, newfangled network, the WB. Yeah, so it's... Warner Brothers. <laughs> Warner Brothers were like, let's make our own network, and then we can make the flagship show a movie that bombed at the box office. I think it looks good. I mean, it has to be better than that one... Terrible vampire show they they had made. Oh god, yeah, that one, we watched that one. Yeah, it's got to be better than everything on UPN. I can't even remember what I can't remember what it was called now. Masquerade or something? Yeah, I don't know. Mask of the Red <laughs> Death, <laughs> right? Which is what it feels like to watch it. No, but this show is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, if you didn't get it from our clues, based on the movie, which we also have talked about before, written by and I guess created by a dude. Name. Well, this is this is just a Buffy episode now. Uh, yeah, no, we don't need to get into all that right now. Okay, yeah, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> anyway, there, I, I have a, a connection that's uh, interesting with this guy. Okay. We'll talk about it later. You have to listen to the other tape. Listen to the show where we talk about it's because it's premiering uh, the 10th of March, so in three days. Mm-hmm. It premieres, and our tape will probably come out, I think, the next day. Yeah, I think so. so. If, if we're on if we're on top of things, like, you know, we usually aren't. Right. Yeah, we're going to have to record basically as soon as the episode's over. Yeah. Which we didn't with this, but we have a little more leeway with this because we watch these on tapes. Yes. But anyway, the Alone at the Top, Carol. Alone at the top. I guess Valerie is the one alone at the top. Valerie is a fucking psycho. I feel like I say that every week. Like, I feel like we're just in this constant deja vu loop where I'm just like, I hate Valerie. You're finally, I'm finally coming around. Basically because the the show is going out of its way to make her a fucking villain. I mean, she's like, what's his name? Uh, Fuck, Jennifer Aniston's dad. Uh, Victor Kariakis on Days of Our Lives. I mean, she's that kind of arch villain at this point. For those of you that watch Days of Our Lives, I don't watch Days of Our Lives, but um, I, sure, of course my, not. My mom watches Days of Our Lives, <laughs> and I, she tells me about it. And you know, uh, Victor Kariakis, the guy, I can't remember his name, something Aniston. It's Jennifer Aniston's dad. Interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. That's what I do. I bring interesting facts to the show. <laughs> See, I watch all my children. I don't watch any of the rest of this bullshit. Oh, so all your children. Yeah. Susan Lucci. I watch all my children, but they're usually going into a sock. Gross. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Like, seriously. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Whatever. 
Do we keep that in? <laughs> you're the one who puts the tapes together, dear. Well, if you if you're hearing this, we kept it in. Ugh. Anyway, Valerie's I could evil. Keep going on, but I'm not going to. <laughs> no. Anyway, go ahead. Valerie's evil. Yes, they've turned her into a Scooby Doo villain. <laughs> the episode starts. She's having dinner with Steve's dad. Yeah, and it seems like she's going to fuck Steve's dad. Yeah, she's like being very flirty. She's all, you know, dress sexy, although that's all she is now is just dress like sex on a stick all the time. <laughs> Wrapped in some money. Oh, wow. That makes, it, that makes her sound very palatable, though. Right? Sex on a stick wrapped in money <laughs> that no fucking guy wants. <laughs> it's weird. She can't give it away. It's weird. Like, I mean, I guess she's just that bad of a person. Maybe she's terrible in bed, too. Who knows? Ooh. Oh, could be. She could be a dead fish. Yeah. I mean, just because she looks hot does not mean she is hot. Nothing's worse than the expectation of, and then, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've heard that uh, Marilyn Monroe was not good in bed. Really? That's what I heard. How, who'd you hear that from? I heard that from Peter Lawford. I don't know who that is. <laughs> he was a friend of Frank Sinatra's. He was one of the Rat Pack. Oh, okay. He was the go-between between Sinatra and Kennedy because he was married to Patricia Kennedy Lawford, mm. which was John Kennedy's sister. So... He was John Kennedy's brother-in-law. Isn't it amazing the history that we learn when we're talking about 90210 people? Well, can I can I tell you, and I know you would think this is fascinating. Sure. The connections, but I'm not going to go into the whole thing. We could do a completely other show about it. But the connections between Sinatra and Marilyn Monroe, who they were friends with, and Kennedy and Joe DiMaggio and Lawford and all that stuff, it's it's fascinatingly, it's that's a real-life soap opera. Yeah. <laughs> Bunch of bored people with money, so why not? Pretty much, yeah. So, okay, so she's having dinner with Steve's dad, flirting with him, seems like she might want to fuck him, mm-hmm. but he calls her bluff. Yeah, he's like, I'm sure, I'm I'm a little old for you, yeah. and I'm sure you don't have too many problems keeping your bed filled or whatever, which she actually does, but. Yeah, <laughs> just because she she's horrible. But she says, okay, you're right. I yeah. don't want to have sex with you. But you've got something I want, and it's not a gray penis. <laughs> I wonder if she would have slept with him if he, first before she asked. Hundred percent. Ugh. I she's, she's got a big. I like though, especially the way it. He came into the room, the way mm-hmm. it was filmed, everything about it. It's like she's got a bingo card with everybody on it. I don't. I'm not even convinced that she didn't sleep with him. Oh, I don't think she slept as with him. far as like. Well, I think maybe only because of him. Well, yeah, because, I mean, and first of all, like, she slept with his son, so that would be really gross. Oh, it would be incredibly gross. Ugh. But she says she wants the peach pit after dark. Yeah. The peach pit after dark. And he says it's not for sale, and she said, I heard everything's for sale. And he said everything is negotiable. And then she's like, let's negotiate. Yeah, it was a really great dialogue. Yeah. Fade to black. So, I mean, I guess there is some ambiguity there, but I really don't think he slept with her. He seems yeah. like he has some kind of morals. I think it'd be hilarious if it came out later that he did. Because Steve point blank asks him, and he does not answer that question. Oh, really? I missed that. When they go to lunch together, mm-hmm. he says, did you sleep with her? And he's like, what do you mean? Or whatever. But he does not answer the question. Oh, I thought he said he didn't. He does not say no. Interesting. But, you know, Steve is uh, pacified. He says, well, because Steve says, 
why else would you sell the peach pit after dark? And he goes, how about money? That's how things are mostly done. But he doesn't definitively say he didn't sleep with her. Hmm. I don't think he did, though. Okay. But, yeah, so she paid a buttload of money, apparently. We don't know how much money. Just like we don't know how much money she got from that one dude. I seriously think he's just dead in that hotel room. That she got all the money <laughs> and his throat's just slashed. Right. She was like, yeah, I changed my mind. I'll sleep with you. And she took a stiletto out and, and <laughs> cut his throat. Because, I mean, like, okay, so she bought the sports car. She's living in a hotel, which is a constant drain on her money. Right. She's and eating out all the time. She doesn't eat, have groceries. Right. Like she's cooking. She's not making a grilled cheese sandwich for herself. Yeah. And she's buying all the new clothes. And, yeah, so, I don't know. And he, I think he, they had a number. I don't remember. Now, what she bought it for but they had a number that he put into the peach pit i can't remember how much steve said it was going to cost it was in the 200 thousands mm-hmm. i believe it was like two hundred fifty thousand, something like that two hundred twenty thousand. it was some number they needed to get that that carpet place and that nat didn't have and that's what originally that's what dylan was going to put up and dylan was like yeah and we were like he doesn't have that fucking money right so he says he made a pretty tasty profit for three months work so she she had to have paid him at least half a million, I would think. Hmm. At least double his money. And I, he probably gave most of that or half of that or whatever to Steve. So Steve probably got it sitting on a check for like 150 grand or something like that. Yeah, Steve was a very excited. But, uh, but yeah, so it's starting to seem more and more like she somehow negotiated half of what Jonesy got. Mm-hmm. Because Dylan got $4 million back of the $8 million he had. Jonesy got four million, and it's starting to seem like he was like, "I'll give you two million of the four million. Maybe that's the only thing that makes sense. But like, what did she have to do for that? She didn't sleep with him. She said she wasn't going to sleep with him. He's the one guy on the show she doesn't want to have sex with. <laughs> right? It's weird. Like, just she's weird. It's hard to figure out her motivations, and it's not even because she is, you know, financially smart and trying to make money. Although it is a good idea for her to get some kind of actual steady income. Yeah, but it's because she wants control of Ray. Yeah, Raymond. It's so fucked up because you know he's the main act. He's like Valerie. <laughs> Still can't do Ray Romano's <laughs> voice. Hey, Valerie. And she, she, yeah. Good. Yeah. She, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. Valerie. <laughs> she wants control over Ray. Yeah. And, um, she starts telling him, oh, you should be, you know, more respectful to me and all this stuff. Like, You're buying. Have to start kissing my ass. Yeah. More. Buying the company that he works for does not mean that he's going to respect you, you psycho. No. And the, the whole thing's fucked up. Yeah, and so when she finally does tell him, hey, basically, like, I'm your new boss and everything, she's basically tells him he has to start sleeping with her again or she's going to fire him. It's like the biggest sexual harassment. It's like one of those bad training videos they make you watch at work. It's that movie with Demi Moore and Michael Douglas. <laughs> right? That's what it is. But she, she basically, I can't remember what that's called, uh, but uh, it's not a decent proposal. I don't know, whatever. Uh, but she... She says to him straight out, she says, I want you in my bed. I don't understand. Like, I think he's not that good looking. I think I know he played a young Admiral Al Calavici on Quantum Leap, but come on. 
I don't know. I mean, he's not a good, he's not a bad looking guy, but he's not that good looking, correct? And like, even if he were, no guy is that good looking. That, like, oh, a woman's going to be like, hey, you know, I'm going to pay half a million dollars to be able to force you to have sex with me. Women don't, (laughs) women don't work like that. Like, a woman is not going to be like, oh, I want to force this guy to fuck me. Yeah, I don't get this. Like, that would be gross. I don't, I wouldn't want to have sex with somebody knowing that they don't want to sleep with me. You know, most guys are also like that, though. (laughs) I know, I like how you're like, women aren't like that. Only all men are like that. I'm not saying all men, but I'm just saying, like, it seems like more of a dude thing. Because, yes. you know, dudes tend to be more in the power seat and tend to use that more to their advantage. I agree. And I, I always thought it was weird when they made, like, a blockbuster, you know, whatever, sexual harassment, sexual assault movie that it was, oh, let's make the, the woman rape the guy. It's like, yeah, the, the most believable thing. I and mean, let's make them really sexy, too, because it's so sexy to rape someone <laughs> when it's the other way around. Ugh. It's ridiculous. <laughs> the whole thing's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. But yes, I agree. It's mostly a guy thing. Mo- probably 99.9% of rapists are men, and most guys that would do something like, or most people that would do something like this are guys, not girls. But... Something's wrong with her. Yeah. And I would also say that most, I, I would say comfortably most guys yeah. wouldn't do this. Yeah, I, I know most men are not psychos either. Not all men, Carol, are like this. <laughs> I understand. But it's weird. Uh, it is weird. And Ray, like, th- first he says, uh, so what if I don't sleep with you, you're going to tell Donna? And she's like. Fuck no. She's like, Donna's like one of my only friends. Why would I want to hurt her? Best friends. Yeah, best friends. Why would I want to hurt her? Like, you're already hurting her. Just because she doesn't know doesn't mean it's not hurting her. You're hurting her relationship. With every stab. It's Ugh. it's hurting her. It's so weird. Whether she knows it or not. Like, she hugged her in this episode, oh, and yeah. I just, I, I wanted to punch her. She hugged her, and she gave Ray, like, the fucking death stare. Like, right. It's so funny. Yeah, like, I feel a little bad for Ray. Like, I mean, I know he made a poor choice to sleep with her in the first it's place. Her, he does a lot of, oh, this is all your fault, you're the devil kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, he plays and the victim a lot. He, it's his fault, too. Yeah. He did not have to sleep with her. She came on, but he didn't. If she wasn't like chaining him to the fucking bed. Right. Well, it just so happened that Donna had gotten him all riled up and rejected him. And then mm-hmm. right at that same time is when she's like, hey, have sex with me. It's Donna's fault. No, I'm not saying it's I'm saying it was the perfect storm. I think that if he'd had a chance to like go home and take care of business first, this never would happen. Well, that's 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 a very salient point. I think all guys should take the lesson of if you uh <laughs> You know, if you uh, clean the the instrument uh, before making any big decisions, I think that's a smart (laughs) idea. Oh, but yeah, so now he is stuck. And he even says, like, like a a fly in your web. Like, he's calling her a fucking spider. Is it such a bad web? (laughs) Is this dialogue so bad? It's so weird. You know who I feel sorry for? Tiffany Amber Thiessen. (laughs) Not the character of Valerie, but the actress, Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Why? Because I can't imagine she likes this. But I mean, it's it's just a, it's a job. She's playing the part she's being paid to play. I don't know why she would care. Well, don't you think she's somewhat invested in her character, the longevity of her character, the way the public perceives her character? No. no I okay. mean, the longevity maybe, but I don't know. 
I mean, the the check cash is the same whether she's a you know true. villain or not. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, fucking Victor Kariakis is still on whatever days of our lives. Right there, you go. <laughs> He's even got a son. So Raymond Ray decides he's not going to play ball. No. He's taking his balls and going home. <laughs> he gets an agent to book him a bunch of gigs uh, along the coast up north. Yeah, the nor- the, the Pacific Northwest. So He's going to play college towns in the Pacific Northwest where he can fuck all those college right. girls and then leave. And he was going to skip town without doing his final show that he's contracted to do. And without talking to Donna. Yeah. And his mom's like, no, 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 you're going to... His mom's very controlling. Oh, yeah. And I think maybe that's why he's he's rejecting Valerie so hard. Yeah, probably. He he definitely has mommy issues. Because, so, yeah, she suggested that he fuck some whore. And he did. And he did. And now she's suggesting that she, she or he tells Donna. And he is. He tries to. He's not tell. She didn't say tell Donna. No, then he's leaving. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, he ends up uh, playing the last show. And to take, a raucous and, applause, we assume, because we never get to see him play. Right. And he takes Donna out and gives her a big kiss goodbye, like his mommy said. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the most fucked up. She's like, you take her out and give her a kiss she'll remember forever. Yeah, she scripted it. Like, what? Like, why does she care what kind of kiss he gives her? Like, get your own life, lady. She needs to go on another cruise. <laughs> and she's like, I like Donna. Like, okay, then you date her. Right. Like, I think he's done with Donna. I, yeah, I think he's pretty close. Here. And his mom. He cares a lot about Ray. He yeah. doesn't care a lot about anybody else. Yeah. But I think he's only continuing to date Donna because of his mother. Yeah. And, like, he was going to break up with her, but they end up, like, didn't, doesn't he say he Do loves her or something? Do you think he was going to break up with her? I don't. I think he was going to tell her what happened. Because he says to Valerie... You know, I've got, I can defeat you with the truth or whatever, mm-hmm. like a fucking Care Bear. And <laughs> she says, yeah, you're not going to do that. And he goes, hey, Don, I've got something really important to tell you. I love you. Yeah. And she goes, oh, I love you too, Ray. And he says, and I've got something else really important to tell you. And she goes, no. Nah. Oh, yeah. And she goes, no, you love me. That's all that matters. It's almost like she knows. You know what, though? This is just like with uh, the Walshes, like. It's the way they handle infidelity on this show. Yeah. Well, uh, what's his name? Brandon just got away with it. Yeah. And like Kelly basically knew too. So like the they're just all or about. producers of this show, their parents just fucking had affairs and just never talked about it. Or anymore. maybe they did. Yeah, could be. Because, I mean, these are basically the parents. No, I think they're the kids. I think it's just an updated version of the shenanigans they got in. I mean, obviously, it's it's heavily embellished and everything, but I think they're supposed to identify with the kids. Yeah. That's why, especially early on, there were so many, like, 50s elements and stuff. <laughs> right. But, yeah, so him and Don are in love, and he's leaving. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, he says, she's like, when are you going to be back? And he goes, I don't know. He should, I mean, he should either, like, shit or get off the pot here. Like, she's not going to sleep with him until they get married. Mm-hmm. Now he's going to do the long distance thing. At least get engaged. Something. Like, yeah, do something. Or break it off with her because, you know, you're a fucking man whore. Yeah, you're going to sleep with those college kids that are coming to your concert. You know you are. Yeah. And Donna doesn't care. You know, and her mom cheated on her dad. 
Yes, that's so, true. So, you know, I mean, I think you're it's just like the culture. Like, it's like, oh, we'll just all look the other way. Everybody sleep with everybody. That's what money does. <laughs> Turns them into whores. Right. That's that's Orange County, California. It that's is. the dark side of following the money. <laughs> right. Well, you remember where uh, Hugh Grant's uh, money got him. That's right. <laughs> right. In the... Uh, I don't know what the bad it part of Beverly Hills is. But. Right in the kisser for her. But <laughs> right. The, uh, I believe it was the Sunset Strip or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. The Hollywood Strip, whatever it is. I don't know. But yeah, he was with some whore. The, all, all of Hollywood is the bad part of Hollywood. <laughs> right. It's a shitty little city. No offense to anyone who lives in Hollywood, but there are not many people that actually live in Hollywood. So. And then, like, this is the main plot of the show, but there was definitely some other shit going on. Well, Valerie spills over into another little subplot. Uh, with Dylan? Yes, with Dylan. I mean, okay, kind of, I guess. She she wants to celebrate her acquisition mm-hmm. and shows because up. Because I believe that's the other part of this. She wants to rub it into Dylan's face. Dylan could have had this. Mm. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so she shows up at his house with Pat and like, hey, let's celebrate and like California hash, dude. Yeah. And he tells her where to go because, you know, he's not an idiot. Yep. And she throws a joint down on his coffee table on the way out the door. Here you go. Have a little silent smoke. What in the actual fuck, Valerie? Tap one out for the homies, Dylan. She is such a villain. Like, like such. Like, there's nothing good about her anymore. Yeah, and that's and that's I don't like. They've made her a caricature. She's not interesting anymore. Yeah, she's so, just an agent of chaos in the middle of the show. Yeah. So yeah, he, which I guess is actually kind of interesting. I guess. I mean, we need we need the chaos. I did say that what this show needs is a serial killer. By the way, we might have one. Because <laughs> they sure as fuck film it like they're, what's his name, filming Friday the 13th, Sean Cunningham. Right. Yeah, on campus, there's a series of crimes. It starts with somebody's bicycle being stolen. Yeah, this guy, this is a fucking real Leopold and Loeb situation. This guy really ramps up real quick. <laughs> if it's the same person, even. Because he starts off stealing some bikes, then he robs a couple frat houses, then he rapes someone at knife point. In broad daylight. And slashes her up. In the bushes in broad daylight. That's and, fucked up. And Kelly felt it with the force. It's like that episode where Brenda was on the the teen line or whatever. Right. And there was that dude that was raping that girl every day. And Brenda was like, or Kelly was like, I haven't felt a person like this. (laughs) Wow. Well, because she does. It's like we see the point of view camera. It really does because he's behind the bushes and shit like that. Shows him from the the waist down. It really does look like Friday the 13th. Mm -hmm. And... She's like, no, there's something wrong here. And that's where it happened. Well, yeah, she probably felt him staring at her. I guess. I kind of got the impression that he was considering grabbing her. And then Brandon showed up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So she could have been the victim. Absolutely. That's a little frightening. And then she would have been forced into another cult. <laughs> she would have suffered a trauma. Oh, my God. So, yeah, so somebody is going around fucking people up on campus. <laughs> Literally. And it's a very indelicate way to put it here. And David and Claire 
have like David's like befriended this one dude who's older. Shifty loner. Yeah, he's like older and he's into like music and so that's what they talk about. And I don't and rape. I don't, his I, character's name is subject number uh, suspect number one. Right. I don't know. I mean, like like you said, it seems like they're trying to make us think that he's the oh, one doing it's it. It's clearly not him. But it's, yeah, it's obviously not. He was dishonorably discharged from the military. I think it's going to be the, the fucking chancellor. Oh, no. That's why campus security isn't doing anything. <laughs> oh, and everybody expects Brandon as the president to do something about it. Like, what is he going to do? What kind of class president are you not allowing rapes on campus? Get out your presidential gun. <laughs> so ridiculous. He even makes the point, like, you don't go to the mayor about crime. Right. You go to the chief of police or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like. What do I like, have to do with campus security? Yeah. I talked to the chancellor. They don't have enough money or whatever. They gave it all in settlement money to the fucking right. uh, students that that weird teacher abused. So that's all going down. They take the they take suspect number one away. Mm-hmm. He really doesn't have a name. I don't think they, uh, they, don't think they, they did give him a name. I don't know what it was, but they did. Uh, maybe it was like Jerry. I don't know. Okay, I feel like it was Jerry. <laughs> but yeah, at the end of the episode, they they arrest him, and they have like no proof. Well, they don't arrest him. They they say we want to ask you a few questions. Which, by the way, quick tip, kids out there: uh, if the police ever suspect you of a crime and come and say, "Hey, we want to ask you a few questions." The best thing to say is not what he says. Yeah, I'll come down to the station with you. The best thing to say is, you know, today's not or right now is not really a good time for me. Why don't I get in touch with you tomorrow? And then you contact your lawyer and you have your lawyer contact them and mm-hmm. you have your lawyer deal with it. And that's what that's how you deal with it. But this guy is poor and doesn't have a lawyer. Well, he could get some kind of public defender or something. I guess. I think you need to actually be officially charged before you can get a public defender. Oh, yeah, that's probably true. Oh. Very good. Nice, uh, nice economics. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. So either way, uh, they think it's this dude. It's not this dude. So maybe yeah, somebody. Well, we don't know if it is or not, but it's not. Right. They're really pushing hard for it being this guy. They even have a, there's a shot where we see the guy's lower pants, his shoes, and he's brandishing a knife. And then they show the exact same shot of the guy. But as you pointed out, his shoes are completely different. Yeah. It wasn't even the fu- same fucking shoes. So whatever. Um, what else is there? Anything else? Oh, Andrea. Yeah, I was gonna say Andrea and whore. her. Yeah, the other horror of the show. Like holy shit! <laughs> like she is out of control. Yeah. Well, and so is this guy. Like he wants to get caught. Desperately wants oh, yeah. to get caught. He wants their love out in the open. He he like follows her around the hospital, like groping her and kissing her in front of people. He kisses her, yeah, in public. There's and this is bad direction. Sorry, director of this episode, whoever it is, but this is bad direction. They show an over-the-shoulder shot of a nurse, and she's at the nurse's station. She's handing things to Andrea, blood and, and things like that, for her to take because she's volunteering at the hospital, and it's over. She's kind of in frame. She's in front, and then Andrea's behind her. You can see the frame of the window, right? And then Peter walks up, starts kissing hot on her and everything. It's believable she can't see it because we're still, same shot. Shot does not cut. We're still, you know, focused on her really in the foreground, but she's not looking. But then 
he says so we can hear, hey, let's go into the fucking closet or whatever. I mean, he makes some really very bold, we're definitely fucking mm-hmm. speech. And that's, if you want it to be believable that they're saying it low enough to where she can't hear it, you got to move that camera. Right. Because we're right there with her. And if we can hear it, in your mind, you're thinking, obviously, she's hearing it. Well, and in front of somebody at the desk, when he grabs her and kisses her and stuff, she's like, not in front of someone. He's like, oh, she loves it. Like, Yeah, that's right. That's what he says. And it's you hear your name. We're right there with her. You have to move that camera. That camera's got to go over Andrea's shoulder. And then we see in the distance the nurse. Then we have believability that they're being secretive, even though they're being out in the open. They're being brazen. But we have the the idea of, hey, she probably doesn't hear it because she's over there. We're over here with them. But we're still with the nurse. No, I don't think that. I, I think we're supposed to think the nurse knows. I don't think that they're trying to hide it. Well, I don't think so because of what happens later. She sees Andrea's little thing and she opens the door and he's like, oh, you know, I'm alone in here or whatever. I'm naked. If you don't want an eyeful of my huge fucking cock, then uh, <laughs> you better get out. And she's like, ooh. She doesn't. That was a different person. No, it was the same. It was the same nurse. I don't think so. It was. Okay. I do not believe we are meant to think that she knows. She doesn't. The actress doesn't react at all. There's no reaction from her. If she heard, there'd be a reaction that we could be in on. It's just bad directing. Okay. But yeah, they need to stop being so fucking out in the open. And then he shows up at her house in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I've told you not to come here. Right. <laughs> she's on the phone with Jesse. He's like, who's that? And she's like, it's my grandmother. Yeah. And he even like loudly is like surprised. Like, at the door. like Jesse could have heard him. Right. Jesse should have heard him. I'm getting irritated about this. Jesse's, Jesse's an not idiot. an idiot, but he's not. He's, well, that's how they're portraying him. But he's he's like going to be a lawyer, right? Like, I don't think that he should be this stupid. He should be paying attention to more things. Yes. yes. I feel very bad for Jesse. And like Jesse has got his new bride and their new child thousands of miles away and she's all like i don't want to move to missouri i don't care about your career and then she's fucking this dude behind her his back yeah i mean what a snake how did she become this i don't know i mean i guess you know getting knocked up when she wasn't prepared to and then you know losing control of her life because her husband is gonna move somewhere and wants her to go with him i mean like that's probably a lot for her to deal with she was never ruled by her libido before no i don't like it feels like a portrayal of the character and i know that people change and stuff like that as they grow older but this feels like a very drastic change she went through a lot that's true and i mean she was kind of ruled by her libido like she was trying to sleep with brandon a lot she lost her virginity and then you know almost so, immediately got pregnant so Pandora was out of her box so. yeah i mean it, it, she hasn't been having sex that long that's true you're you're not wrong. so i don't know i mean i agree it's it's i i liked to think she was a better person than this mm-hmm. but i can see what happened to her yeah okay but yeah so that's what she's doing fucking peter who by the way i mean he's basically me just with three times the nose what? I think he looks like me with three times the nose. He looks a little bit like you, but he also has, you know, very red hair, and your hair is not very red. It's only a little red. I mean, I'm way more handsome than he is. Yeah, way more. <laughs> no, I mean, you are, though. Come 
But yeah, it's weird. <sighs> and I think that is it. Okay. I'm sad for Andrea. I believe Brandon Brandon's just kind of going around being like, ah, whatever, I don't know. I don't know how to, what to do about this. People are yelling at me. <laughs> I and don't like his character anymore. Dylan, we didn't really get to it, but Dylan goes to smoke. The oh, joints. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the angels from the other episode are like. <laughs> right. <laughs> winds blowing. Winds blowing. He cannot it light it. Let him light it. I mean, we've all been there, I guess, on a really windy day. But maybe not marijuana, but a cigarette. Yeah. But come on, you, you find a way to light it. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I think he took it as a sign or whatever. I guess so. Like and, I said, the angels were doing it. And then he went... Really can't smoke the ganja! And then he gave it back to her. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have bothered. Here's your present. Yeah, I would have just broke it. Yeah, just throw it away. We see his sponsor. And he insults oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. him a little bit and then leaves. Yeah. So he's still sober. Good for him. Valerie failed in all fronts of trying to hurt people. But she does now own the peach pit after dark. Well, half. Yeah, and Nat owns the other half still, of course. So, she's not fully in charge. No, but she's, I think Nat basically lets that side of the business be run by the other person. Yeah. Because he's running the Peach Pit. Yeah. So, Dil- Dylan's still his partner in the Peach Pit, and I assume. Oh, yeah. I would assume that's still going on. Like, I don't think Rush bought the Dylan out of the Peach Pit mm-hmm. part. So, yeah. So, he has some income, too. He has two partners, Nat. But Nat's doing pretty good because he's got half of that one business and half the other business, so I think he's probably doing fine. Yeah, and like he was kind of losing money before, but now with the Beach Pit After Dark, he's probably making money. Yeah, because it's so popular. So for however long that lasts, I don't, I don't get how why this one club in LA is hot for so long. It's not the fucking Viper Room. <laughs> What's the Viper Room? It's a uh, was a hot club in Los Angeles uh. where uh, River Phoenix died on, outside of after shooting up some heroin inside. So. Well, that's sad. Not the Viper Room. Let's hope nobody Fucking dies. teen stars aren't dying outside. Because <laughs> okay. if they were, it would be packed. <laughs> but it already is. Yeah, I know. I don't know why. But yeah, that's it. Maybe Dylan kills a, a new woman. <laughs> or not Dylan, Brandon. What the fuck? You know, Brandon and his... Uh, maybe Brandon's the rapist. <laughs> He's lost his mind about Emily Valentine. Sure. No. That's it. Anyway. So... That is the episode for the week, Carol. So go ahead and write us at latefee1994.awol.com and check out our website at www.retrolatefee.com and uh, tell your friends. Right. And Oh, and tune in for the tape on Friday yep. for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's right. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye.